Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, you guys. Welcome to Steel Wars. I am Steel Saunders, and I do love Star Wars. And this is a special bonus episode as part of the Scum and Villainy Fan Cantina in Hollywood's May the 4th celebration, as uh, we couldn't go down there and uh, enjoy some of their fine food and beverage, as we would like to do on May the 4th. They did a 24-hour live stream with all these different panels and interviews, and it, it was it was incredible what they put together. So I, I have to give my full props to uh, Jen and JC at the Scum and Villainy for um, putting on such a, a lineup. What you're about to listen to is the audio of the A New Hope viewing party that we had that you can either watch along on Disney+. Plus. It is the Disney Plus version or you can just listen to it and you'll be able to hear a little bit of the, the film in the background and we don't necessarily talk about what's on screen the whole time. We talk about our Star Wars experiences and and memories and, and the way we confuse things that were in the fa- in the film. It, um, it was an awesome chat. It was it was really um, uh, I had had a ball doing it and I did it with uh, JC who is uh, one of the proprietors of The Scum and Villainy, uh, Jen Morrow, who wrote the Forces of Destiny cartoon series for uh, Lucasfilm, and Todd Stashwick, who is a very accomplished actor, and as I found on this commentary, a Star Wars mega fan. So uh, some friends were made during the commentary, which was uh, super, super cool. And once you listen to this, either along with the film or just in audio form, and you've got some time, and a lot of us have a lot of time right now, check out the uh, Scum and Villainy Cantina's Facebook page. I will link to it in the show notes, because I'm pretty sure most of this is available on archive. And... You've got a, a Star Wars prequels discussion with Ahmed Best. Come on. You know, he's doing it with Kyle Newman, uh, Sam Witwer, Claire Grant, Daniel Logan, and John Morrow. Kevin Smith did an Empire Strikes Back commentary. James Arnold Taylor did a Q&A. This one's very interesting. Chloe Dykstra interviews her dad, John Dykstra, who invented the Dykstra Flex camera during the production of Star Wars A New Hope. So that's cool. Kevin Rubio's up there. And Greg Gunberg is doing some stuff. There's a panel with our former guests, Laura Syracuse and Ash Crozen, who incidentally just did a spectacular interview with Dave Filoni about the end of the Clone Wars. 
Uh, check that out. I think it's on the Entertainment Tonight YouTube. It's uh, really good. Very interesting. And Jesse and Leonard Moulton talk Star Wars with JC. There is there's so much stuff. And um, again, props to Jen and JC for doing this. It, it was really cool. And once things go back to relative normal life, if you're ever in uh, LA, make sure you swing past the Scum and Villainy Cantina on Hollywood Boulevard. It is just a great vibe. I very much would like to be able to visit there very, very soon. So uh, here's hoping. Let's head over to JC with the introductions. Enjoy four gushing fans talking about one of the greatest things ever projected on a big white wall. Live, we're live. Thank you so much, Brandon and uh, Geeky Tiki's. I have had f- about forty text messages and some uh, some words of encouragement from Todd Stashwick here that he's already gone. Shot. No, I'm literally on the sideshow uh, <laughs> site right now, purchasing my mugs. So uh, what we're going to do here is uh, I'm going to introduce everybody. Uh, first off, we have uh, Todd Stashwick. Uh, Todd is an actor who, if you look at his IMDb, has been in everything. And um, I, I, love, I was on I Love Lucy. <laughs> uh, that was a neat trick. Playing Lucy's grandfather, too, uh-huh. which you can't. I don't know how that worked. but It was the Marvel aging makeup um, <laughs> CG effect. But uh, what was Star Wars like when it came out and you were 40? <laughs> you, you just just mind blowing. You have aged yourself, sir. Yeah. Todd, uh, Todd and I met at the uh, cantina. He had his birthday party here while we were still a pop up. And then he was a guest on uh, Fat Man Beyond. And uh, I noticed his Star Wars tattoos. And I was like, I got to talk to that guy more. Uh, Next up, we've got Jen Murrow. Jen is a writer on uh, a show you may have seen called Forces of Destiny, and she is involved with the new um, Critical Role project that's now at Amazon, the most funded Kickstarter basically ever. So um, no, uh, <laughs> no big deal there. Yeah. And, uh, and then we have Steel Saunders, who runs a wildly popular... Star Wars podcast that mixes his stand-up background with uh, his love of Star Wars, which is genuine and childlike, and he loves uh, Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker, and uh, that is my favorite, so I had to have Steel here as well. We are Skywalker brothers in arms. (laughs) So uh, we are running a little bit behind, and uh, I'm sure people are eager to watch A New Hope, so it's why my don't favorite we, uh, film of all time. It's mine as well. And right. I don't know if you guys caught it earlier, but I tricked Leonard Malton into saying that A New Hope is actually better than uh, Empire Strikes Back. I, I contend that as well. I do too. Yep. Which is probably why we're here. <laughs> right. well, we didn't talk about it ahead of time. I'm just saying this worked out. I just feel bad that you tried to trick Leonard Malton. So- <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, all of us have uh, some device with A New Hope queued up on it on Disney+. Plus. Uh, the way this is going to have to work uh, because of quarantine 
uh, we're, I'm going to count down. Uh, I'll do three, two, one, and then you hit play, and then we'll all watch the movie together. And so it's people- three, two, one, play. Yes. Okay. Are we doing that too? Yeah. Oh, okay. I better cue that up then. Yeah. All right. How I normally do it is I normally press play on the video, then pause, then rewind the little dot. That's what I've done. Yeah, I'm watching it off of Disney Plus, so I have it. I have it exactly. I put that on the small TV. I have it on my laptop. Okay. Yeah, you could probably run it side by side. The um, it's uh, we're watching the McClunky version, people. The McClunky version of A New Hope. Uh, I I figure that's the one that everybody has easy access to because the no, that's what Sebulba said it first. Did he not? Oh, did he? Yeah. And I think it means prepare to die. Oh. Wouldn't it be nice if in English there was a single word that meant prepare to die? Hello, my name is Inigo Matoya. McClunky. McClunky. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's I don't know if that makes that movie any stronger, but <laughs> it's not what you say, oh. it's how you say it, Jason. <laughs> uh how's uh, your May the fourth been, guys? Good. I watched uh, I watched the last uh, two Clone Wars episodes. No, uh, no spoilers. Nope. And I posted some pictures from uh, Scum and Villainy. Oh, awesome! Of you and I. Oh, amazing! Look at that. Right. I um I watched the final Clone Wars, and the big spoiler is that it's not overhyped. It is amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> like like I, I've got some friends that just absolutely adore everything Clone Wars. And it lived up to their like highest it's, dreams. So. Those last four episodes are another movie. Yeah, they are like just a step uh, ahead of like all the other animation they've done. It's 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 amazing. And I watched I had, that Mandalorian documentary, which was oh I haven't yet. Ace. Is it good? And perfect timing for today's announcement with um, yeah Taka with being a director. Yeah, so I think we're gonna watch. Uh, we're gonna watch so. We're going to watch Rise tonight, so we're bookending it with a new oh, hope. And, perfect. And tonight we'll watch Rise of Skywalker. I usually Which, watch the uh, Screen 1 or negative, negative 1 edition every May the 4th. You know what this is? Mm-mm. Okay. I think it's called the Negative 1 edition. So somebody got a hold of a copy of A New Hope, a print from like, like a film print, and then digitally cleaned it up and so it is the original theatrical release but in high def that is also the one i watch i just that's, did not yeah, that's know. What I watch every uh, every man of four i love that um and i actually i like the changes he's made i just wish that we also had those other versions available i am um... sure i'm not sure that i like the belittling of of, of job of the hut from Bartolo. That's true. Yeah. Although that, what's funny about that is that was in there oh, no, originally. But he also chose to cut it out for real. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but yes, he, did, yes. he didn't walk over the Scottish guy's tail. No. <laughs> and, and therein lies the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but, so that cut's called the negative one? Like it's team negative one, I believe it's called. Wow, that sounds like someone I blocked on Twitter. Yeah, team yeah, negative one, and it's... Uh, it's a it's a pristine, uh, it's just gorgeous, but it still has a film grain to it mm-hmm. because it's not a digital copy. Well, it's a cleaned up 
uh, film uh, from a from a film print. Oh, well, and what's interesting about it is is you notice how different the lightsabers and the colors are. They have every time they've re-released Star Wars, they've upped the saturation by like fifty percent. So now it looks like a cartoon. But it, I mean, it was fairly washed out when it was released. Um, who, who was there at the beginning? Who saw it in '77? Not I. Oh, not I. Jen? No, uh, no, alas, I was not born. Oh, wait, no, I was born. I was born. But I, was, I was eight. <laughs> so thus, thus my indoctrination began. I mean, you it were. literally was like life before that weekend. My uncle took me and my cousin to see it, and then life after. Um, all right, are we all ready? We are ready. Oh, okay, ready? Wait, remember, three, two, one, push. Huh. All right, here we go. Ready? Three, two, one, push. So right now I'm 20th Century Fox logo. Got 20th Century Fox logo. If you're, I love the fact that Disney bought them, so now they can put that up because this music has always been part of the Star Wars soundtrack. I was hoping that uh, that Rise of Skywalker would have the Fox logo (sighs) in front of it, just like Filoni did with the old Lucasfilm logo in the new Clone Wars episodes. That was what Beautiful. I was hoping for with Rise of Skywalker. Here's a fun fact. So see this Starfield? Speaking of Rise of Skywalker, when when Ray is on the ground at the end looking up at the stars, this is the Starfield that she sees. That's awesome. Wow. So that'd be so uh, weird if like the opening crawl of Return of the Jedi. Like, I know. It's still I like the <laughs> ships like flying past like, it, these huge letters, they're still there. Yeah, but like like the Phantom Zone. Superman. Like, um, I I think the crawl and that whole the the, the Starfield and the logo going back. I, I just wish they'd put that in front of every movie. And as, as every much every movie you ever go see, like meet just, the parents. Yeah, whatever. But just like at the start of the Mandalorian, I don't know. It just sort of sets. It's just Star Wars is instantly Star Wars is everything. When I was at USC, they showed this in, in sound class. Tomlinson Holman invented THX, and they showed this without the music, and we learned how important the sound was because it was slow as hell without the music. Oh, yeah. And then when it's it, startling. It's startling, and we were, you know, it was just really cool to see it on a giant screen at USC. And- I, when, I, when I first saw it, it didn't even say A New Hope. That's right. That's right. That, that was added in the re-release, right? In 1979 yeah. before Empire? Yeah. I have the, the opening crawl on a tapestry in my nerd lair hanging up the ceiling. Heck yeah, you do. I've seen it. You've seen it. <laughs> so, yeah. now, I don't remember a world... Like, my first memory is watching Return of the Jedi. So, I don't think I had the impact of what this was. Do you guys remember watching A New Hope for the first time? Yeah. I remember not understanding why the back of the Star Destroyer was like fisheye, but they use a different camera. I, I don't really understand camera and lenses and stuff, but it was sort of like a bent, like a skateboard photo. And that always, I was like, what happened to Star Wars just then? Like I had no <laughs> knowledge of cinematography or anything. I was like, seems bent. That was maybe my first memory of Star Wars. I love this moment because this sets up the fact that 3PO is a stinking liar. 
<laughs> when, when he says, uh, I have, there'll be no escape for the princess this time, and then later when he's talking to Luke, he just like feigns, like, I don't know whose ship we were on or where we were going. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a mistake at all. Do you think R2 is like, uh, looks on C3PO as like a, a sibling, and that's why he still puts up with him? Do you think it, it seems like almost like a, like a, odd couple relationship where oh, they're uh, very abusive to each other and you just can't hear how abusive well, R2 is. is clearly smarter than 3PO and that annoys 3PO it's like Abbott and Costello with less flailing or maybe as much flailing as much flailing well it's would... weird because in the Rise of Skywalker they really showed their appreciation for each other for the first time so and so it's like, when did is this? Did they start that now? Did they grow over time? Like, <laughs> well, no, because if you if you remember at the end of this, when he gets blown up uh, ah, after yeah. the trench run, Sleepio yep. is all for clipped. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And so they are like a very old married couple. They yeah. only appreciate each other. You know, don't know what you got till it's gone. How's all these guys that died to not even get an action figure? They they sacrificed it all. And, and like, the franchise did not reward them with plastic for 20 years. Even in Rogue One, they got screwed. Yeah, they're, they're just, like... I love uh, this. I love fire. every blast misses them. <laughs> that was very confusing to me as a child. I love that the Force is strong with them. I never understood oh. as a kid that the ship uh, was inside the Star Destroyer. Oh, it's I thought. Up. It was like they blasted a hole in the side of the spaceship. I couldn't quite figure this out. Right. And when yeah. I was eight, I thought all the stormtroopers were robots. And um, everybody did. A, uh, a a fun production fact is that scene is why Darth Darth Vader's got a mask because Ralph McQuarrie drew him with the mask because he figured if you're jumping from ship to ship, you'd need some sort of protection. So he oh, drew Darth shot. Vader with the mask to. Um, the shot. I did not know that. That's... Yeah, Trivia. Yeah, because there's those Ralph McQuarrie uh, production sort of, you know, concept things, and Luke has got a mask as well. Like mm-hmm. the Starkiller sort of Skywalker guy. I love when you watch R2-D2 roll down that hallway that he's actually about to roll into the wall, and they take it to the last possible frame yep. before... I also th- think it's awesome that they introduce Princess Leia first. You see her 20 mi- 15 minutes before you meet Luke Skywalker. Oh, it so effortlessly trickles in the characters so, like, as you go, like like so Wizard of Oz style. What would you guys say the inciting incident is? The the droids falling to Tatooine or her putting the, the plans in R2? Escape, I would say the escape pod, but that's just me. The escape pod where they're just like, you know what, let's save the energy. <laughs> the, the Green New Deal has been put in place by Palpatine and they don't want to waste Last, the blaster yeah. bolt. Family Guy do that very funny where they're like, you don't do the books. You don't know. It costs for blast or whatever. <laughs> it's really funny. Hey, Jen, um, if there's any Forces of Destiny things that you added, like, you know, you got to do in between the scenes on this, I'd love for you to, like, bring it up and, and talk about how it came well, up. Well, this is my one regret is the only only of the trilogy I didn't touch was A New Hope. I've done, I did Rogue One, <laughs> Uh, Last Jedi, uh, Empire, and... Um, Return of the Jedi, there was some stuff? Return of the Jedi, yeah. So I, A New Hope is my one regret I didn't get to do, which is a bummer. Well, don't but bring any of those one, which up. Was right before. <laughs> so if you read the A New Hope novel... This. 
What's up? I was just quoting oh. Secret Deal. If, if you read the New Hope novel, they explain that a little better, which is also something I never understood. He goes, you can't go in there. It's restricted. But in the book, it's restricted to humans only. They kind of explain it in the book. Interesting. Who wrote the book? Do you, know, do you happen to Lucas. Know? Well, George Lucas is credited, but I'm sure there is like no, a ghostwriter. It's Dane Allen Foster. He wrote, he wrote Splinter, but did he write the novelization yeah. Yeah. of... And then but, he, but Lucas is credited. Yeah, yeah, They don't yeah. credit Alan Dean Foster. In, but that was part. like they never used to credit... Um, didn't they not credit C-3PO and R2-D2? Like they were keeping that... Like yeah. trying to keep the mystery up or something. But then he came back and wrote um, The Force Awakens, I think. Oh, he did? Well, oh, yeah. It's like poetry. It all rhymes. Did, this is uh, what I kind of love about Star Wars, and maybe what makes it more rewatchable than a lot of movies, is they just throw you into this, and they're just like, I'm a mer- member of the Imperial Senate on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. The rebel line for the traitor. How are, how are we supposed to understand what this means? Like, it makes it doesn't matter. sense, but it doesn't her, matter. Her British accent... Tells you it's important. Uh, I just have to jump in. I've hated this guy for like all my life. Just the little. But it's all ADR too. All of their dialogue is ADR. Look at him nodding at the wrong time. What a dog. <laughs> See? <laughs> Did you know? You know, later on, there's that scene where Vader's going like this to Tarkin, but they haven't. Yeah. They just cut the dialogue out like nobody had ever noticed. Which, to be fair, they were probably like, people are going to watch this movie in the theaters once. And I think, and, and, and I think the, the worst matched up is when he goes, I haven't felt a presence like this since. And then, and then the end, it just sort of dangles and he's off. But uh, to your point, JC, I always loved when I was a little kid and now that it, yeah, it just it talked to you like you knew what was going on already. And it let it, you catch up, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it sort of, it didn't, like, overly explain everything. And mm-hmm. it was like you were joining uh, in the middle, like, of a, you know, it was part of the whole universe They're created. Like, it wasn't things getting explained to each other, like, for the first time. It was it was so, you were just sort of watching this documentary. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This one is very, like, verite, and it has that jangly 70s feel to it. As opposed to, in Empire, things get, like, locked down a lot more. There's so much more handheldy moments in this where they find things. And the lighting. And the lighting. Oh, this is a gorgeous movie. What, um, if you're stranded in the desert, do you take the rocky path or do you take the sandy path? I would say the rocky path. Oh, yeah. I never, I never understood that. The rocks make sense. So you, you maybe catch some shade, a place to sit down. What's R two is the smarter of the two. Makes no sense. Why would you want to walk over that hill? Look, R two goes downhill the whole way. I feel like R two knows stuff that like we don't even still know to this day. Like he's thinking stuff. Like maybe oh. he think, oh. Was it Arch? What's the what's the gasp? There's a gasp. Oh no no. There's a, a one angle. This. I've been there and put yeah. my little action figure and you can line oh, up Oh, you've been to Tunisia? <laughs> no, in um, Death Valley. In... Well, that's, but that shot is Tunisia. No, no, that shot is Death Valley. It's like just... I thought they didn't go to Death Valley till Jedi. No, no, they did pick up shots. There's a few they shots do... in this yeah. with um, like when the Jawas uh, capture... What shot are you talking that's... about? Just that, the that's... shot of R2 oh, going over the hill. 
the yeah, oh. the sand duny stuff is more Tunisia. And like the shot where the Tuscan Raider sees the little speck of light that's supposed to be the land speeder, I also believe is Death Valley. Yeah, and Moss Eisley's Death Valley. It's a salt flat. And you can go stand up on a different like the mountains in Tunisia, but then the salt flats in Death Valley. Interesting. And so they went back there to film that establishing shot for the Mandalorian in episode five. When uh, we were uh, we were at the ranch and I and I got to see the the shower curtain or the shower door that that Macquarie painted the sand crawler on uh, uh. for that shot, and they they kind of pull it out and it literally is like that big, painted on just glass, nothing else except that. Fantastic. Todd has had uh, the distinct pleasure of I've I've been lucky enough to go to Skywalker Ranch a number of times, but Todd one ups everybody because you were in the archives. Okay. You got to go to the archives. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even get to do that, you bastard. Yeah, they give us. They, they, no, you're not allowed to touch anything, uh, except they give you these rubber gloves, and then they take out the original Macquaries. So, like, I'm leafing through these original paintings, and they're they're like this big, and I'm trying not to weep on them <laughs> because they're plucking every childhood string in my heart. And I'm like, I'm gonna cry and smear the Macquaries. So I had to take a step back. And the next person that looks at him's like, I love how he botched it around here. And they're like, No, that's just the last dude's tears. That's just nerd <laughs> tears. Just nerd tears. The um, did the Jawas scare you? That was always love a jump. Them, yeah. That was always a jump scare moment for me. Like I remember it being a jump scare moment for me. So like you it got must shot? have. Yeah, I always, I, I always, I always got scared. I always wondered why people that seemed so happy were so mean, like to the droids. Because afterwards they're like, "Yeah, like they seem like happy little dudes." They're just toasters to the to the Jawas. They just let you buy and sell like a used car. Hey, I treat my toaster pretty well. I uh, I just uh, it's shaped like came across some information um, that the uh, sand crawler in Mando was actually the same map painting that they saw. Oh. So they, they went back to the well, which I love. Did you are guys you are you guys some of the same text that I'm getting? Probably. <laughs> are, are are you guys uh video game people? Not in this decade. So uh me either. Earlier this morning we did a live video game play of the Super Star Wars video game. Which for the Super Nintendo, which is absolutely crazy if you compare it to this movie. Like, oh. it makes no sense. And it almost feels more like the stuff that they showed in The Mandalorian, where they're, he's, like, got to yes. attack the Sandcrawler and the Jawas. You're like, oh, my God, uh, John Favreau just loves Super Star Wars, and he just <laughs> built a TV show around the most wild parts of it. <laughs> These droids always scared me, too. The... Um, the bug-eyed droid. Oh yeah, there. that was Terrifying. one of the action figures they released uh, back in the day. Yeah, frightening. Oh, it was the best. He was like, "I'm looking for my uh, for something to hang on." This will probably be at the very bottom. Also, like, who decided that the gonk droid was? Oh man, the Emp ah. That's the first Star Wars video game. Oh my god. That's from my 2600, oh, which is which I had to move so that I could do our little setup here. Then that this one was scary with the human eyes. And just oh. like, like 
I think he came back in Empire in like maybe on Bespin he was sort of thrown out mm -hmm. there as well. But yeah, that dude's oh, oh. oh they're awful. Just that dead-eyed stare, and his head just keeps he's having like a bit of an attack. They just kind of went for it. Like George, I think, uh, got more sensitive to uh, like people's perception ah. of what these movies were supposed to be. Bit of '96 action. Is it '96? I don't know. Very nice. 90, 97. So. 97. Yes. I also love in this moment when, when an, an entire pod crash, he picks up one little O-ring seal and he goes, look, sir, droids. <laughs> like, couldn't be any other part from said crashed pod. It's This guy has a degree in droids. <laughs> the Jubax the looks so much better. Oh, there it is. Look, yes. sir, droids. And I just like, he deduced that that is connected to that. So this is a new shot. It didn't yeah, used to yeah. be this. It used to be a like a RC car driving over a sandbox, which I think I just love the nostalgia of uh, the like, crappy looking. But I think it's also, like I mentioned earlier, the coloring, what felt more real. Whereas this, I was like, oh, that looks fake. Do we know when they're, I mean, are they ever releasing the original? I don't know what's happening with that. I haven't checked in a long time. I... Uh, I well, I mean they they own Fox now, so they could, but I think they want everybody to buy the two hundred dollars Skywalker Saga box. Who would have done that already? Yeah. I don't do anything they want to get the other thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that—that's the irony of it. That everyone wants, like Lucas, like George Lucas's wishes and spirit and story of Star Wars to continue. But then he also doesn't want those other versions out. So, it, like, it's not... I, I feel like they're honouring his wish rather than... Um, oh, I miss Yavna. Look at the oh, lens dude. flares uh, uh, just popping off of Thrupio here. It's just gorgeous. They're like little light aberration. Oh, yeah. Or on, like, the mining droid there. Oh. And it, it's, it's always... Look at that. Look at that. Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah. It's, it's always fun to try to make out um, the graves... That uh, Anakin dug. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dark, wicked dark. They, they were like, should we put, should we put the graves in? No, no. but we need Greedo to say McClunky. <laughs> well, I also love how loose they are uh, acting wise. Here, yeah, what are you trying to scam me? Like, I don't know. <laughs> and then when, and then when Luke like waves off Freebill, like, shut up. Oh, I always imagined Bocce was, like, Italian. Yes! Because it sounds like a little bit Italian. Jen, Jen, you want to weigh in on this one? Yeah, it's funny, because I was watching the prequel recently. I'm like, wow, they got Italian in there directly via accent from, from Phantom Menace. And maybe that's making up for this, not having any anything. I don't know. Do you, uh... Do you um? Do you did you guys understand what a protocol droid was? I feel like I was 17 years old and I was like, oh, a protocol droid. That makes sense. Of course they would. Make it. Yeah, I had That's no idea what Anakin that was. would make it for his mother, so that yeah. he could the translate. Yeah, no. I just I just thought that was like a made up word. Like, oh, he's a protocol droid. What does that mean? I don't know. The same thing as astromech. Uh, yeah, my, right. My head cannon. Uh, thinks that 3PO's brain existed long before Anakin got it, and he just was putting a new skin on it. Oh, Because I like I to like think that the that. droids have, like, 300 years of history. 
like that's a good way also to kind of like uh rationalize and retcon all the history of those two uh they've those been together forever yeah. yeah and the force kind of keeps bringing them back together and they wipe their memories when rogue one when did they wipe their memories at the end of rogue one at the end of sith yeah, yeah. r2 no though just see watch watch yeah. watch how what watch how he waves off creepio <laughs> also my favorite did, moment did you notice that R5-D4 is in that previous shot next to R2-D2 as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, for ruin- Thanks for ruining the movie, man. That's good. Yeah. Oh, man. Now C-3PO, like, shames him. I know. It's because he's jealous of him. Now, did you guys understand that the, like, igloo was underground and you can see the T-16 Skyhopper on the, like, behind R2-D2 there. Did you guys ever know that that's what that is? He's playing with a toy. Oh, yeah. It's right there. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah. Yeah. That, was also, re- that was a reveal when I got the widescreen videos. Mm-hmm. And, like, you sort of got to watch, a, a like, a ghetto special edition by seeing those extra inches yeah. on the side like of the screen. the Tusken Raider. No, there's sand people, all right. I can see one of them now. I was like, I don't see any freaking sand people. <laughs> What are they talking? And then I got the widescreen. So I was like, "This is, this is, I I've got thirty percent more Star Wars than I've ever had before." And this is where three PO lies to him. And I am C. And he tells him he tells him he has no idea. Hello. But part of his protocol would be not to spill the beans. To no, I think it's great. I love it. It's. I also like that C-3PO's obviously been through some crap because, like, he's like, that's how I came to be in your service, the Rebellion. And Luke's like, the Rebellion? He's like, oops. Like, he's a robot that makes mistakes. <laughs> I'm also... not very good at telling stories. Cut to Jedi. I love it. <laughs> well, I read a whole thing about how every character in the original trilogy has their own uh, hero's journey, and that's... The, how you indicate C-3PO's is I'm not his hero's journey ends when he tells the story of the heroes yeah. okay this is a fun thing that I misconstrued when I was little I thought R2-D2 was broken and mm-hmm. was just showing like he couldn't play at all but then later on my head canon is he was just giving Luke Skywalker enough sizzle to take the, to, to take the restraining bolt off yeah and to like sort of continue on with these movies yeah, he's, was, mani- he's manipulating him i was today years old when i when i figured that out thank yeah. you Steel. <laughs> i literally yesterday i was like oh r2d2 malfunctions like i i've i've underestimated r2d2 which we know you never underestimate a no. droid never 39 years yeah so he's, he's manipulating him i don't know what you're talking about oh He's like, you don't get I mean, he's, he's sitting here looking at Leia and Flippio's going, I don't know who she is. <laughs> guys, hold on. I have goosebumps up and down my legs and my back. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like this door to Star Wars has been opened that even after a thousand viewings of this movie, I had no idea. I give tears in my eyes. This is why you do this. <laughs> Happy May the Fall, buddy. Right. That's a good gift. Oh. I'm like energized. I've been do- I've been live on this feed for 16 hours, and I feel like I have uh, uh, that jet fuel from 
uh, solo in my veins now. So does did uh, is part of the transmission? Did Leia tell R two D two where uh, Obi Wan Kenobi is? I always thought he knew, or later on, I, I sort of thought he knew where he was because of how sure R2 was to go that way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you, if you remember, when, when he actually runs into Kenobi, it's kind of in that rocky canyoning-ish area. Could you imagine, like, R2-D2... In the jungling waste. He, like, he was, like, eight minutes from Obi-Wan's hut, and, like, the... The thing shoots him. He's like, so close. Back to square one. Now, is that Darth Maul's tattoo on the? Uh, you and I have heard the same rumor. It is not, but obviously, we thought the exact same thing. Now, here's another way to ruin Star Wars. Watch where the cup is in Luke's. Which hand the cup is in, as Luke drinks the blue milk here. Which. Shameless plug, we're selling blue milk on Hollywood Boulevard until 10 p.m. for $11.38 today. Nice. Now, Todd, do, are you one of the people who believe that you saw that renegade cut with the anchor head scenes, that Mandela effect cut, when really you saw the picture book that came out with the movie? Uh no, I only saw the the the, the anchorhead scenes when they were re-released. Actually, mm. so no, I do not. I do not bear and stain bear that. Um, this scene is like Star Wars is like this amazing accident, but how they have this conversation about Luke's father and getting in trouble, and I, I'm afraid he's got his fa- you know he's just got his father in him. That's what I'm afraid of. No, like that's not what it meant. But it fits, and this is part of the reason I've been loving these Clone Wars arc. It like it adds to what's established without sort of like twisting it, or it actually meant this or whatever. It it's just it's incredible how well Empire Strikes Back like just just fits with this amazingly. Is Jen? Is that sort of like? Did, did you have a, um, when you were writing The Force of Destiny, like one that you added in, a little backstory where you were just like, yes, I've empired this. This is this fits so tightly. You mean in terms of, like, what happened? Oh, oh. What happened? What just happened? Twin sons. His childhood <laughs> just happened. Um, yeah. No, like, when, like, you add in a little bit of backstory... You know, oh, like yeah. yeah, like how like how Leia got um the bush costume, like you know, adding in little things behind the scenes. Like what was your favorite one where you sort of empired it? Um oh, God. with all due respect to the twin sun scene. Sorry everyone. Sorry, yes, yeah, no, this is an important moment. Um it's uh, this music, man. Oh yeah. We're gonna just let that sit a minute. Oh. That's that's JC thinking about opening a bar in Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's Luke's droid caller, which is really probably like turned into Yoda's lightsaber later. But to answer your question, it would probably be be Jedi with Leia on Endor because I love that. Yeah, yeah. Which was amazing, and I'm grateful. Also on Hoth, was also amazing to do that at the beginning. What was the Hoth one? Um, the Hoth one was um, they were digging tunnels 
early on, and we kind of did the whole the door thing, the the cut scene of of the door where don't enter. Like that's it all yeah. connected. I'm gonna ruin Empire for you guys. Oh God. So you know when they're uh, when they're in uh, and the the ground goes unstable while they're inside the. Uh, the, the falcon and then Leia falls mm -hmm. into his lap uh, and, and she she says it's uh, hardly enough to get me excited that line um, Harrison Ford is mouthing Harry Fisher's lines oh. while she says them does that mean, does that mean Han Solo is force sensitive well, I'm gonna have to go with that okay. so that I don't realize that that it was just a that's the only take they had can it also, everybody's all about the blue milk. I'm about like the Baru stew here. Like dropping I cabbage. Cook. I want that cooker. Yeah. Uh, this bummed me out when I was little because I was like, you know, I'm, I'm Luke Skywalker's me in this. And it just looked like what they were eating was so drab. Like boiled <laughs> yes. cabbage. It's like, oh man, this is such a bummer. They're farm people. Now, do you think that they farm, you know, according to. Um, Episode two, Klee Lars says that uh, that Shmi was harvesting mushrooms. Do you think they harvest mushrooms off the evaporators? What are they growing? Moisture. Moisture farmers, are they just... Are they, well, are they just pulling the moisture out of the air? I think they're... And they're, harvesting the water? Yeah. There's some trivia. Klee Lars played my father in a television pilot. What? What year? Jack Thompson uh, and uh, and Annie Potts played my mother in the same pilot. Oh, oh. My God, that must have been forever ago. It was called the Kerenskys, Yeah. If um, so, if you want to have on. some fun on uh, on the internet, and who doesn't? Google Jack Thompson centerfold. You know, in Australia, he's like very famous, yeah. and he was quite a heartthrob in the seventies. And you can see Clee Glass like. Yeah. Hairy chest and all. It's um, full cleave. The full cleave. Seriously. So, so real quick, Todd just revealed that he is actually Owen, Lars, and Anakin Skywalker's stepbrother. Oh. You said that. I didn't have to. He has I like how they, they also they rock the footage there because they didn't have enough of yes. the uh, of the Tuscan Raider doing that. So okay. it sort of goes. I've never course. noticed that. Oh my gosh. This. This is my craziest... This is the one thing I want to ask George Lucas. Is he CGI's an extra rock in front of R2-D2 oh. in this scene. Yep. Now, yep. I'm not even... I don't even want to know, like, if you think it's good or bad. But it's like, you've got this film with all these effects. How do you watch it again after 30 years and go, we need a rock? Like, what <laughs> is happening in his head? Like, it's just... I think, I think it's because they didn't want the, the, uh, the Tusken Raiders to steal R2. So R2 had to look more hidden. Because if he was there, they would have they would have uh, uh, confiscated him first. It just it just marvels me that he just wants like I wish I could have controlled that cave a bit better. Like it's that that's what he like honed in on on one of these um, changes. It it's so fascinating. The uh, the thing that I always knew, but I also just realized, is that Obi Wan uh, Alec Guinness Obi Wan and Ewan McGregor Obi Wan. Have the hello there line. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it came from this moment. That's which, why you and does it. Mm -hmm. Which, again, I was like three days ago. I was like, oh, wait, they both say it. Oh, that's hello why James there. Arnold Taylor always leads with that. Hey, 
Did you guys used to hear people quote that before the prequels, though? I, I, it's a different time because there's no internet, but I felt like Alec Guinness did it, and then like Ewan McGregor did the remix became, that became like the huge hit. Yes, and there's no memes of Alec Guinness doing it. They are all Ewan standing up into frame. Yes. Well, Alec Guinness is a bit too civilized for memes. He's <laughs> <laughs> too civilized for himself. The music sting there is so good. Obi-Wan Kenobi, right there. Have you guys uh, listened to David Collins' podcasts on the soundtracks? I have not caught it yet. Oh, they're They're, so good. On the soundtrack show, he goes through each film, analyzing all of Williams' work, and he takes like three or four episodes per movie. They're fantastic. I feel like... Like who, who? I think Sam Witwer. Yeah, it's been a long time, right? Well, David Collins used to do it on on Roll Force Radio, and then now he's got his own his contract own. show. Okay, so he does more than just Star Wars. He just had a series on the Superman ones that are excellent. Superman uh, the movie. That's a great I think it's interesting also that um, Obi Wan's like, well, we got to go inside because the Sand People are really dangerous and easily startled. But nothing scares them more than four walls and a roof. <laughs> they don't venture out of their oh, territory. Wait, the best wipe in cinema history coming up right here. The best wipe ever. I don't think I can make it. This is well, so I'm a little this early. Is a, don't just leave me here to die. No, no, go on without me. He's such a. He's such a fop. He's like on a fainting. Here we go. Watch he that white. Oh, that was great. And then Obi Wan in the special edition got an upgrade on his house and property. He got a mountain view. Watch, watch how three PO just goes all dead eye when he shuts down here. <laughs> if you won't be needing me, I'll just. Go. Bye. Do you hear? You know, you fought in the Clone Wars. Do you hear that differently now? After watching the cartoon? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, like, I... Is it like a major flashback in your head? And then you're like, oh, yeah. I think it's just context, if nothing else. Or you guys have seen the cut where he talks about Anakin and they cut to him leaving him on fire mm-hmm. on the beach? <laughs> yes, yeah, he was a good friend. <laughs> he killed many younglings with it. I don't really connect with it when I watch this, but when I see people that do, like, those edits, like, you know, mixing the footage between all the sagas, and, like, that's when it really gets me. Like, it says, he was an old friend, and it goes, like, to that footage. Yeah. The music was great. It's also, like, Luke's lightsaber is basically white here, which is kind of cool. And then Kenner was like, you know what? You know what? color that looks like yellow <laughs> that looks like yellow to me which is kind of cool that ray's final lightsaber is yellow mm-hmm. yeah but it doesn't like extend out of her wrist <laughs> it should have been like a she should have had her elbow her hand cut off at the arm cut off at the elbow and her lightsaber was cybernetically put on yeah, so she's like she's like furiosa <laughs> yes not a terrible idea oh Oh man, Elegantus is so good. First big lie. <laughs> For someone who hated this so much, he did a great job. Yes. 
That's how good an actor he is. Well give the Jedi <laughs> it's an energy field created by all I, uh, I have heard uh, some of these movies with just the dialogue tracks. And it is amazing to hear what's ADR and like how much background noise is in certain scenes. And like you hear C-3PO's plastic all clanking around, even in dialogue that's still in the movie. My favorite, the best moment in, in Last Jedi is when R2 uses this again to manipulate Luke. I am, uh, it, Steel and I have had at length discussions. I'm not the biggest Last Jedi fan, but I think that that scene that moment. may be one of the best scenes in all of Star Wars. Because there's no other scene in Star Wars where it's just like, R2 is manipulating you and he's manipulating Luke using the same tool yeah like it works just like on all these different levels beautiful it's it is one of the best moments in star wars i I think that was my trump card of just like how about this scene and you're like (laughs) okay that's why when 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 when, going back to what we were saying about obi-wan lying when people were thinking like jj retcon what ryan said about making her parents nobody's but then they were Palpatines. It's like, no, Star Wars is filled with people lying to each other or not knowing all the facts until they spool out later. I mean, is Obi-Wan's kind of Gandalfy in that way, right? Where he's just and, like, and literally, like, like Lucas was pulling from that. And he's like, Gandalf is a manipulative liar, and that's who Obi-Wan Kenobi is. The great, we're going to call him the great negotiator, but... Yeah, from a certain point of view. (laughs) It's his get-out-of-jail-free phrase. He he most likes to negotiate with the facts. He was, yeah, it was, he is the origin of alternative facts. Oh, don't make me hate Obi-Wan. Oh, no, but he'll... Deliver the chosen one. That is fair. Until this battle, oh, this guy. <clears throat> Who's your favorite uh, British Imperial? Uh, that dude with the helmet. Oh, so we've got Mahdi. Tag. That's, that's Tag. You know. I like Chief Bast, who's the guy over his shoulder, because he had a really powerful card in the Decipher CCG. <laughs> Card game, but and then, the, but the MVP in the scene is when he says "sorcerer's ways," <laughs> and then the dude in the white is Colonel Wolf Ularin, who is the commander of the forces in the Clone Wars cartoon. I love pondering who knew what about Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader. It's such a fun little. Like the, in that Tarkin book, Tarkin's sort of trying to suss it out and stuff. It's, it's fascinating. There's a there, there's a retcon that says that the empty chair would be credit. Oh, oh, brilliant! That's oh, isn't that too much fill in the blank? It gets it gets to almost like the world is so small. Do you ever feel that? It, may, it makes sense. Oh, it totally makes sense. He would be at that table, right. and it's again going back to what JC said earlier, or or no, no, it was still about like happy accidents that then tie the story so tight in a beautiful way. Well, John Knoll has watched Star Wars so many times. He's like, "What's that empty chair about? I should write a story." It just bums me out because I'm like, 
that means Krennic could have been there in that scene. Like, I know it's impossible, but like, imagine Ben Mendelssohn in that room, like, yelling at someone. Oh. While, while John Null is inventing uh, Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile. I, I, you know what? I respect Mahdi, though. I respect Mahdi as a guy who's just like, I, I, my, my god is technology, and this giant ventilator here doesn't scare me. And then, and then just mocks Darth Vader. Yeah, it was, yeah, that was ballsy. Uh, one of the best. I remember uh, right here, uh, my first Star Wars celebration uh, was in Indianapolis, and it was run all by volunteers of the 501st. And, you know, they were tr trying to keep orderly lines. And they'd be like, can everybody get in a single file line? And just e every single time to hide our numbers. And that's when I was like, oh. I'm home. <laughs> home. Oh, I love the way Luke says home here. Home. Home. Wait, Luke. It's too like, we'll just stay here and burn Jawas. <laughs> now go. We're just going to burn up some Jawas. Now, as Obi-Wan manipulates Luke constantly, did Obi-Wan say, well, Luke, let's take the scenic route uh, around to, and set him up here? Like, or save he... him because he's got to deliver the... He's got to deliver the um, the chosen one. How, like how long ago? I mean, this still looks like a hot fire. Do you think Obi Wan was sitting there going like, I can tell him about the Clone Wars, or we could go save Owen and Beru. But man, those those pricks never, ever, ever shared any of their water with me. So, <laughs> nope, we're going the Jawa route. I think he definitely didn't do it on purpose because back then George definitely did not. I don't think that was his intention, but it's fun to think about that now. <laughs> this is it. This is his moment. There it is. Resolve. He goes from sadness to resolve right there. And th those skeletons were edited out of the TV broadcast in Australia. I know because like wow. later on in like in the 90s when I watched it, I'm like, oh my God, skeletons. <laughs> Sam Sweet was showing the uh, Peru action figure. Oh, yes. The oh, wait, I'm wearing, I'm wearing this scene. Uh, ah. Very nice. I've always heard that um, this, uh, the and idea there, behind Destroy. There's a speculum on the top of it, by the way. Um, uh, I've there is. No, I believe you. I just, oh. And Sorry, that, Jason. That needle used to say, like, made in the UK. Yes. And I heard George is diabetic and doesn't like needles, and that's where that came from. Huh. That's great. Not like needles either. Mm. Close your I, drive. I also love how bouncy it is. Like, they really yes. sold oh, how, it, how it hovers. Uh, and, my, like, the sh shocks aren't too good. My other <laughs> pop culture love is Seinfeld. And I always love to think that when Luke goes to... Um, back to home to find Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen, he pulls in a lane and stops to get some juji fruits on the way just because he was hungry. And then, like, you know, he goes through, get, goes to In and Out, gets a shake, and then he gets there. In and Out right now has the cherry blossom shake, guys. I highly recommend. Ah. Or, sorry, Shake Shack, not In and Out. Oh, I was going to say, I didn't know they had that. Oh, yeah. the shot. Yeah. Okay, so that shot is in Death Valley. 
Okay, that's Death Valley. That's great. Also, I so the more wretched hive this is of scum and villainy. Boom, boom, shh. Boom, boom, shh. So that's where the name of the bar came from. Uh-huh. It, it is funny watching this and just hearing where all these podcasts and things uh-huh. have their name from, like Blast Points. It's like scum and villainy. All right, now, back to the nineties. Have you guys seen the Outrider here flying up, yes. kind of the upper oh, left? Oh yeah, yeah. Cash Rendar ship. ship. Yeah. That was a great game. Oh yeah, Shadows of the Empire was so amazing and ambitious. They were so like, good. "We're gonna do a soundtrack and a video game and a comic and a novel and everything possible except for the thing you want, the movie." <laughs> Remember Chewbacca? Now he's got a flat top. <laughs> Remember Han Solo? But he's the, IG, in the IG-88 stuff in that game was Terrifying. unbelievable. He was a scary boss. The uh, I don't need to see your identification jokes never get old here. Either. <laughs> <laughs> Move along. Move along. Although... For as much as I get harped on about, like, you don't need to see our identification, I'm allowed to pull out the we don't serve your kind here. So, I guess it's tip for tip. We know, we know. It's all right. Look at the lighting, though. I know. The best. Now, the Jawas in Mandalorian have red red eyes. eyes. They're they're off. They're not on Tatooine. Okay, so it's the like a different. Literally, the, the the Black Series uh, edition calls them off-world Jawas. I believe. Oh, wild. Did any of you guys play the Decipher CCG game that came out? Uh, probably like ninety-five, ninety-six, ninety-seven. It was like magic, but for Star Wars. That is where all of my Star Wars, not all of it, but so much of my Star Wars knowledge came from. Because I was like, oh, that's an Arcona. Oh, Muftak. Oh, Dejaspur. You know, <laughs> Night Lily. New guy who was added later. So what? is B. Arthur in back cleaning glasses? Oh, man, that would have been amazing. I think B. Arthur's kind of like, I think it's like a reverse cheers. Like, I think... She owns the place. Well, I think I think she sold it. Like Christy Alley bought it from Sam Malone. I think this is the opposite. I think like Wurr and Chalman teamed up and bought it from B. Arthur. Stylings of Figram Day. So uh, I think uh, on the day he was playing in the mood uh, by Tommy Dorsey. Well, here's a question: What if if George took out this song like he did in the End of Jedi with Yupna? Like we would replace it. This was this song was too much of a hit. I don't think he would have replaced it. But like, say he felt like it because it wasn't his vision anymore. You know what I mean? I think he was. He loved what John did in this scene. I wonder why he didn't like the end of Jedi. Or the the, uh, IG eighty eight helmets or heads. Oh yeah. uh, Behind the bar there. I, I I find the songs in Jedi getting taken out like my most hurtful special. Yes, me too. Lofty neck. I can't talk. Of, I mean, I, I'm not even. I, I'm gonna just cut the Jedi rocks right there. I can't do it. Well, and it's like I get that he's a CG Muppet, but like, why do I have to see the spit hanging from his uvula? Just you guys, because you can doesn't do something. Doesn't mean uh, you should. 
I like the fact that this guy has a doctorate. <laughs> I don't like you either. You better watch yourself. I wanted men. For botched surgery. <laughs> You'll be dead. Did you like when they showed up in Rogue One, or was it too on the nose? I don't like it. Didn't it, like it. It goes to what Jen was saying about it makes the universe too small. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan, but I enjoyed your pun of calling that too on, on the nose. <laughs> so do you realize how badass this moment is in such a declaration of independence when Jedi are being hunted in a public port city, he takes a freaking lightsaber out. Like, holy, like, it blows my mind. And, and and then the information would go out from there that there's a Jedi on Tatooine. I love it. I don't like the look of this. It's, it, this God, this isn't this glaring to you that moment because it's new. Yeah, yeah of course, oh, of course, yeah. of course. But now, like thinking of it in context of the whole, the fact that he chose to do that so publicly, knowing they were sort of nearing the end game. It was mm-hmm. it, it was a bold move. Also, do you think uh, off camera in his meditation chamber, Vader's like he gets the the guy pops up and he's like, the Jedi's been spotted on Tatooine, and like, do you think the tumblers click together and Va- the droids, the the princess, Jimmy Smith? Oh, they're going at Obi Wan's been on my home planet this whole time. Talk about that. adding insult to injury. He he hid like. He wasn't just trying to hide Luke. If he was trying to hide Luke, he was doing it on Dagobah. He wanted Vader to feel insulted by it. Uh-huh. I love it. He's spiteful and manipulative. Should we change his name? Nah. <laughs> nah, nah. Well, if you think about how much pain Tatooine represents to Anakin, where his mother died and all of that, it's like, he would never want to go back there in a million years. Uh, you say that, but then in the comics, he went and had a meeting with Jabba the Heart. I know. Which I was always like, oh. I love that he, also, I he, loved that he never wanted too. to go back there. I love uh, Harrison's turn here when he's talking to them, and then he turns all sort of all excited and giddy to Chewie. This will really save our bacon. <laughs> he goes from being like, I'm a scoundrel and all saucy. He was so he's, he's not showing his hand at all. Docking Bay 94. So as a kid, I was a Han kid, and it could have been as simple as, like, I was eight years old with brown hair. He's got brown hair. Me too. So, like, I connected more with Han than I ever did with Luke. That's interesting. I uh, Sam Witwer has a theory that he goes, everybody, it, it, kind of building off what you said, everybody thinks that they are Han, but in reality, everybody's Luke because we're freaking nerds. Han is your Han is like your older brother that you wish you were. Um, I never, I was always so shy and like not cool that I was like, oh my god, Luke has a lightsaber. If I had a lightsaber, I, I and could I use the force. I should have brought my DL forty four. It's in the house. Do you have the master replicas one? I have Todd's costumes one. Yeah, but this time I'll have let me let me let me reach somebody in the house or have her bring it up. Uh, we we have to give this moment it's to you. Don't yep. have it with me. Tell Jabba. And the head move. Do it, George. <laughs> We're gonna watch it in silent and just cheer. 
You think I had a choice? Oh. Over my dead body. I just love that he did this 4K edit before he sold it and just left this little time bomb to go off <laughs> once technology caught up with the format. It's like Star Wars, it's got so many, like all the special edition stuff, it's got so much weirdness about it. And he just left this little, just like, like it reminds me of how Sheev, after he died in the canon, you know, sent things to blow up Naboo and stuff. I felt like George just left this little, just like, you guys have been arguing about these films for so long. Like, drop, here you go. Like, don't take it so seriously. Like, oh, well, that's a surefire way to, to fool some stormtroopers. Lock the door, because what could ever be behind them? Uh, well, sand people, too, apparently. Oh, uh, this one's locked. Move along. Couldn't be in there. I think they make a joke about that in Rise of Skywalker, don't they? When they're when they're on uh, Kajimi, like there's one where they go up to a locked door, or they just keep pounding and pounding. And pounding. <laughs> Look at that R two D or C three PO gaslighting R two there. Oh, there's that horrifying droid again. Oh yeah, I think it's CZ three. Yes, is the name of the droid. Well, I'm just glad he got bought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's doing well. He's still twitching though. <laughs> so, and the uh, soundtrack, or I had the story of Star Wars as a kid. And, oh yeah. And I would listen to it, and they would include the moment of the huh. of the spy, and it would just be this random thing with no explanation. You would just hear this. <laughs> I'm like, what's happening? Because you couldn't rewatch the movie because it wasn't around. How did you feel about this scene? I, I'm not a fan. I love that I have the opportunity to see it because I always heard the rumor about it uh, and saw the the whatever in from Star boy. Wars to Jedi. Yeah. I also like. Do all Rodians wear brown leather jackets yes. and like green tracksuits? It's just that. Yeah. Isn't uh, no no? It was an actress that played Greedo. Yeah. It was uh, it was both. Yeah, both, yeah. Depending what country they were filming in. Had to do that some way, and that's the way he fixed it. <laughs> and it also is weird here. Like, there's a weird shading behind Han's hand. I wish he would have gone back and put Return of the Jedi Jabba in. Like, no yeah. toy, no toy, and no CG version of Jabba Hut has even come close to what the, the original was and what the puppet was. Yeah. I just find this really reductive uh, as as to the character. Because what's so beautiful about not seeing him till till Jedi is he's built up so much. You talk about him and you talk about him. And then when you finally meet him in Jedi and he's just this, this Caesar on this throne. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's terrifying. But to see him sort of be pushed around a little bit by Han... And him out in the open, it just reduces the fear of him. I yeah, I hate it. I, I hate it in context of story. I also don't like that Boba Fett's there. That to me is one of the, I was like. I going to say that's everything. I mean, it's huge. that 
that is as egregious. Wait, watch R2-D2 go down the steps there. Did you guys catch that? Yeah. How he, like, Kenny Baker, like, has to carry him. I also, I also like the reference uh, in Force Awakens that the first time you see it, you see the Falcon again. It's garbage. So it's a piece of junk here, and it's garbage. <laughs> garbage will do. There's the dice, which you only ah. see the dice in two shots, and then they just they like made a movie about like two movies or three movies about Han's dice, oh. like that little piece of pop culture. They're just like, you know what matters more than anything? These babies. I don't have them over on a shelf over there or anything. I know they're not hanging behind the bar. But. <laughs> they're sitting on my Sabak deck. So can I ask, because you're a role-playing guy, did you play West End Games role-playing? Just D&D. And Gamma World and Top Secret. Okay. I didn't play the role-playing, but they had had a Sabag rules uh, and deck in Cloud City expansion pack for West End Games. And so in college, because I was super cool, uh, my roommate and I would... I made a deck of cards and we'd sit there and we'd play. And then when the new ones came out, when Solo came out, they like they're like that doesn't count anymore. And all of a sudden, I understood why the people who loved the Star Wars EU so much were so upset that they changed it. Well, if they had they had to change it if you wanted Chewbacca in Force Awakens. I, I mean, I'm happy that they changed it. I think it got. I actually talked to uh, Timothy Zahn. Uh, at a Comic-Con one point, and I asked him, um, or he, I, I asked a question in a panel, and I was like, how do you write in the Star Wars universe? I feel like there's been a movie or, or a book or a comic book about like every day of Luke's life from the time he was born. And he goes, well, I said all my stories before or after. And that was kind of the thing where you're like, oh, one of your greatest authors is just like, you can't write in this timeline anymore with this character. It's just been, it's like a minefield. First time. It ain't like Dustin Crops. Whenever I uh, go to Galaxy's Edge, I always make sure that I'm the co-pilot so I, oh. can, so I can jump us to hyperspace. 100%. How was it the first time you pulled that lever? I didn't cry. What? Shut up. I was weak. <laughs> like, I almost couldn't do it. I Thank God I was sitting down. I, I was wearing slippers in this scene, by the way. Talk to me. <laughs> I was embarrassed. I was like, that shouldn't have felt so good. Like, I was like, I just got too much. Like, I should have, like, priorities in life and save those feelings for something I've actually done or achieved. Like, birth of a child. Yeah. yeah. It feels oh, like... Tell you this, I haven't been yet. What? You haven't been? All right. Well, if, if, if the world ever comes back... Hey, I, I was in the middle of a divorce. I'm I'm busy gardening. I've got lasagnas to bake. You know, I just didn't get a chance. Every other excuse. Well, at least, no, they, haven't, at least they haven't closed Disneyland, so. <laughs> yeah, that's going to have to be my first thing when it opens. So. We should take a field trip. Actually, that's what we should do. We should live stream our the four of our trips to Galaxy's Edge so that you can see Galaxy's Edge. I like that plan. Then name the system. That's me. Is is Leia acting here, or is she like is she is she hamming it up for Tarkin, or is she really scared? She's terrified. She's terrified. 
to see Lord Vader? She can be. And again, that was so confusing when I was little. It sounded so much like the yellow planet. What? <laughs> can I tell you guys a secret that I shouldn't say out loud? But I, well, nah, I can't say it. We're going to do something really cool with the bar uh, that plays into the idea of Dantooine. Um, whenever we should have been doing it actually in june but i don't think we're going to be open in june so it's going to get pushed off um whatever people are watching like i'll drop it oh. has to has to do with geeky tvs <laughs> uh fan of the shockwave and the debris or no i have a i don't have a problem with it yeah i i don't mind most of the the updates and one of them i stunningly love towards the end of the film but um i kind of want i now kind of want that guitar string from uh attack of the clones when things blow up in space because that was one of the best sound effects Mm -hmm. oh i also like that han has a bowl of cereal right there oh yeah he literally does yeah yeah he's got his breakfast going on hey no jen the the thing about galaxy's edge is the best is when I watch this scene now, I'm like, oh, yeah, I sat there. Like, it looks I sat so... there. I sat there. That's right? the best part of the ride, by the way, yeah. is the walk through the Falcon. I, I, it's, it's, and they geniusly lit it so that whatever selfie you take looks like this. You guys, I'm so happy you said that because I, I, pulling the lever was awesome, steering the ship was awesome, but being completely encompassed by this room han's man cave hangout room yep, yep. was uh, like debilitating it it's was worth the price of admission and uh, you know i've been to i've seen fan built ones that are like three walls and you walk through the fourth wall but to have it 360 degrees was I, it was like i was like oh well i have to put one of these at my house now or how what is life dude there's a cereal Oh my god well i i it's funny i don't know what happened i just didn't either go with a group or i couldn't go to one and it just kind of time just kind of went and it's such a shame now i can't but it'll open up again it will they, open up again. they art directed the entrance to that so that you're seeing that shot oh so when you enter the falcon it's that point of view of you see the hollow table there you see the nav computer there it's, it's genius. So, I don't know. We may have missed it. I think it's coming up. I think it's coming up. The um, when our, uh, when they show you the shot of C-3PO with his safety belt on, the way that they made the seatbelt look futuristic is they wrapped it in bubble wrap. It's just a bubble wrap seatbelt. And this is also this is just a rebel pilot helmet with like a piece of plastic put yeah. in front okay okay what is the practical use for a blast shield where you can't see i think it's just dirty dirty really it like that looks solid y- y- you think if it was a blast shield in the future it would have like some sort of you could still see through it a little bit like, like transition know, lenses i want to know what the practical use is for this helmet like, in my headcanon, it's uh, it's like welding goggles. Yeah, but then you can't see it. You can't see through. Like, also, Han uses welding goggles later yeah. in the trilogy, so the, that makes no the sense. The only, I, it just occurred to me, the only thing it could be used for is if 
it's there's a lot of turbulence and you're trying to get some sleep <laughs> we also gloss over the fact that obi-wan uses the word suddenly twice in his sentence oh yeah it's weird yeah, yeah it's and suddenly silence which part was sudden is this uh this is the scene, right, where Vader gestures wildly. Check the bottom of the seats. They got the wheels. Yes. It's like an office chair. That's so dark, I can barely see it. So I think this is it. Watch Darth Vader here. No, they can't. That was. That must be a different scene. Yeah. I always thought that was the coolest view of hyperspace, too. She's like, how did they do that? The Doctor Who tunnel? Yeah. Yeah, how did... I, I literally was just like, this is the greatest special effect of all time! No, like, no spoilers, but the depiction of hyperspace in that Clone Wars episode was so good. Oh my god. Dude. I love that they fly through the, um, the three asteroid triangle like four times here and then they uh they also uh put that in the star fox game for nintendo 64. we're in big trouble you can like this ship but we can't say it well that's i love how oh sorry I was just gonna say, I love how just like I got the fastest ship, even if it's impractical. We're going to do this so I can prove it to you. The cool thing about Luke Skywalker for me was always that he reacted to things the way I would. Like if when the light beeped and he's like, "What's that?" It's like, "Yeah, that's that's what I would have done." Like I would have been looking over, going, "Oh, space travel, yes." What's going on? Yeah, he's, he's never been interstellar. Yeah. Yeah, I also like the fact that, that Ray and Luke are kind of the inverse. All he ever wanted to do was get off Tatooine, and all she ever wants to do is stay on Jakku. Well, that's, that's kind of Because cool. she's, she's waiting for people to come back. This oh, scene, I just now think of all these tired, sweaty Englishmen shaking the... Like, <laughs> at, at Pinewood, or was it Elstree? I think this was Pinewood. I think they moved to Elstree and Empire because uh, Stanley Kubrick burned down. They were in Elstree in 77. Uh, have you seen the documentary? Oh, I haven't, but I had heard about it. Well, where is it? Uh-oh. Oh, it's a documentary, Elstree 96. Oh. There it is. Uh-oh. God, it's so ugly. <laughs> and it's the A New Hope version as well. Yes. With battle damage. Nice. And it's capped because it's made from a Mauser uh, uh, frame. It looks heavy. I don't know. It is heavy. Okay. Now, the, everybody uh, used to think that Stormtroopers and Darth Vader were like robots, but doesn't it, like, did it tip you off that they might not be when... Han and Luke put on the costumes? I just, uh, uh, I was age. <laughs> I just thought they gutted the, the, the robot stuff and put on the outside. I mean, there's so many reasons I shouldn't have believed that. They just looked like robots to me. I wasn't given any other reason to think they weren't. The, um, I'm, 
quite fond of doing Star Wars trivia, um, and we have some of that going on later tonight. Uh, but um, I've gotten so deep into Star Wars that I started uh, listening to what the the announcers were saying on the Death Star PA system and trying to figure that out. Like, who's who's three one six? Why do you have to report report to control three one six? Oh man, you need what that did battery you do? open. <laughs> I'm very worried for you. Hey, I'm not into all like when you talk about the different versions for the different movies. I, I never noticed that sort of stuff. All the the imperial badges, and I know people know what they mean. But did they mean something? Like, did people sort of backdate what? No, I think rank. I think rank is shown uh, on on the different uh, officers. Yeah, but did someone sort of work it out, or was it like did they sort of like retcon what all the dots meant, or did they actually put thought in who had what dots when they were making the movie? My guess is the art department probably put forth who had what dots. Ah, okay. I don't think so. I think I think it was kind of random, and then West End Games tried to make sense of it with Pablo Hidalgo, and then they made more movies, and it was just like. So you don't think the the lower-ranking officers have different dots than, say, the Tarkin one? Well, I think it was, like, the Grand Moff, or this means general, or this means this, but then later on, like, like Nita has the wrong badge for being a captain or something, so I think they screwed it up. And then there's been, you know, stories written about it. What's up with that? I love this room. Look at that shot. I was going to say, see, you guys notice all those details for me. I'm looking... Their DP is like oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, I'm all about the look. Oh, it's Makes so, me so happy. This room is fantastic. It's fantastic. I can't remember this guy's name, but he was Australian, and he actually appeared in like a few fan films, like recreating his character, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's a man. He's got like a big scar on his face from getting <laughs> hit by the Wookiee. My, my favorite line in all of Star Wars is in this scene, and that's what I have put on my tattoo. Bring them on. I prefer a straight fight to all this sneaking around. Are we going to guess? Uh, oh, you've told out. me what it is. So yeah, I'm I'll gonna... point it out when, we get, when it gets. It's, it's coming up. So I, uh, I like what it means out of context, but I also like it in context. So apparently here, R2-D2 is downloading... <laughs> the records of the entire universe. <laughs> so, if you guys are looking for Octo, uh, R2 is getting it right now. That's a stiff drink you pour in there, JC. <laughs> it's almost not as much the DP, actually. It's really more the lighting and the shots. Um, then, like, 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 like Raiders. I mean, that's like, oh. you know what I mean? There's a difference. But I just love the look because it's so 70s. And it's so Me too. Yeah. I, uh, so I used to love wearing turtlenecks when I was a kid. <laughs> and if I'm being perfectly honest, I still love wearing turtlenecks. And I, <laughs> I honestly think it's because of this right here. Like, look at how bad ass they look with with like that i was like this gave me a turtleneck obsession to this day i'm sort of mock neck there but yeah i prefer a straight up fight though 
Is that your tattoo? No. <laughs> also, look how similar their hair is from behind. Oh, I know. Like, like it was the cut. I also love how, like, SoCal they all felt. Yeah. yeah. Like, they just came back from surfing. Yeah. That morning, yeah. And even Leia, because she's, you know, from SoCal. <laughs> Level five. Look at how much they had to uh, dirty up 3PO so that the camera wouldn't reflect off of it. Yeah, I was going to say he looks filthy, but I love that. It was just conveniently perfect for what I like. But... Oh, here it comes. That's not it. Look, a few minutes ago you said you didn't want to just wait here to be captured. Now all you want to do is stay? Marching into the detention area is not what I had in mind. But they're going to kill her. Better her than me. Here it comes. Here it comes. It's a big idea. Rich. Rich. Powerful. Listen, if you would rescue her, the reward would be... What? Everybody's just waiting. Here it comes. I don't know. I can imagine. That one. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. I don't know. I can imagine quite a bit. That's sick. I was like fast forwarding through the dialogue, yeah. and I was yeah. like, "Because <laughs> I like, I like the fact that it declares ignorance about anything, and then it says, but I can make it up." <laughs> this is the only part where Chewie's really scary. I love this just because it's it's just a great sci-fi plan. We'll pretend but he's a prisoner. It's a it's a heist plan. Yeah, it's sick. These guys are scoundrels. They're, they're doing subterfuge, disguises. It's so good. Well, I say it's a sci-fi plan because I didn't have any context before seeing this for the first fair time. Fair enough, fair enough. So yeah. it's like, it's a Star Wars thing. I love that whole name to saying that. When, so when C-3PO's on Tatooine, he's like, lock the door, R2. But when Han's like, C-3PO's like, what are we going to do? And they're like, lock the door. He's like, that's not very reassuring. <laughs> it worked before. Yeah, we Use all your know logic. Stormtroopers will not go through a locked door. <laughs> he I... just checked out that droid. <laughs> like, like that droid was walking away, and he kind of like, no, you look just as good walking away as you did walking through. <laughs> this is one of my favorite jokes in the whole movie that, again, I almost never... I It took years for me to pick up. Like, watch how they... The dude who tries to get in the elevator oh. with them... Oh yeah, yeah. You don't want to be. He smells wet dog. <laughs> and then this is my favorite joke, though, where it's like, you know, it's like, oh, I can't see a thing in this helmet. That's not it. The best part is, watch. We'll go, well, Vader senses Obi Wan Kenobi, and uh, <laughs> and then we've got. Here we go. This is it. I love this. They're facing the wrong way when the door opens. Like they just, they're, George is trying to make them be stupid and then they come out. I do that at LAX all the time. <laughs> Where are you taking this thing? Prisoner transfer. Oh, he's so smug. Oh, that's amazing. 1138. I love the 70s lights over the elevator. It's very, like, cabaret. Yeah. 
If you guys could just have like a Star Wars production design, uh, like house, that's where you dwell. What, uh, which dwelling would you pick? Like the Imperial aesthetic, the Tatooine, the- I would put the, the, the Falcon. I would, I would go with Naboo, because then I would oh. appreciate that the most. Like, yeah, really nice sort of... like the lake house? Yeah, we could live with, well. Yeah, with Paulo. He'd be your neighbor. Yeah, because, you know, you don't like sand. It's gritty. <laughs> Right, that's... Yeah. It gets everywhere. No, I just love how lived in the Falcon is. It just looks comfy. There's a game area. I'm trying to fix some beds. Trying to work out what planet the gen, the, the, the your brick aesthetic would fit in. That could be Tatooine. You could be like living well in a nice area of Tatooine. Yeah, my house is It's got a lot of arches out front, and it's got that stucco, and it looks very tattooed out there. Yeah. Yeah, I actually love the houses in LA. A lot of them have got that the Tatooine curvature, and it's. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm already kind of. And not not to cross the streams, and I have not been to Jen's house, but uh, the rumor is you can see Hogwarts from your backyard. That is true. Just That's a little story. short for a stormtrooper. Oh, the uniform. <laughs> he is. He is. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. I'm here to rescue you. I've got your RT unit. I'm here. Oh, Ben Kenobi, where is he? Come on. What a hero. I love it. I love Luke it. Kenobi. I love that he's such the hero, and then like two scenes later, she's like, "Oh my gosh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum I also, on top of being tortured." I would have liked it if if she had said, "Who's Ben Kenobi?" Because mm -hmm. she only knows him as Obi Wan. Ah. I guess she heard Kenobi, and that was enough for her. I, I guess is is he a relative? <laughs> Look how many squares Tarkin's got. <laughs> Full house. That's, that, them's some grand mop squares. <laughs> that's, that's your new restaurant. Our grand mop squares. <laughs> Hello. Oh. That's so good. So good. This is... Like, did they lock the, the door on the elevator, or...? JC, you are obsessed with locked doors. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to understand why they blew a hole in the door in their own ship. Nobody had the key? Like, they could... Hey, uh, this is TK888 uh, calling down to the locks, Death Star locksmith. They must have locked it. Or is it just like like watching an HGTV show where they just wanted to do the demo? The demo. <laughs> so in uh, if you listen to Joseph Campbell, them going into this trash shoot here is like uh, Joe and the, the Whale, the Belly of the Beast. Also, how awesome is the comlink that C-3PO holds? Like it's just such a cool little prop um that's like so it's a, useless and throwaway but like iconic going back to what you were saying about joseph campbell there's something fascinating about like when you get to like the inmost cave 
and they reveal their feelings and you reveal a truth or a fear, it's always an organic environment. So they're in this metal thing, but now they're in water. And a creature and an organic creature there as well. Exactly. So like on Dagobah, it's the cave uh, that Luke goes in and it's the worm that uh, Han and they go in. And, and so they often will expose something about themselves truthful. This is the scene that forges their friendship because they face death together um, and they look for each other. They're worried about each other and reveal. And, and Chewie shows fear for the first time. And Light has just met them, but yet still. Yeah. Into the garbage chute, Flyboy. All right, so Dianoga. Yep. Up there by the Empire as to eat the trash or somehow got flashed in there. What's he, what's and he where doing? do they go? Where does the Dianoga go? I mean, maybe the... Maybe there's like a, a tube. Maybe they're like cockroaches and they can like... They've got malleable bones, then they can like tube themselves into the next trash compactor. And as, as I think it was Kyle Katan found out they had huge under oh, trucks yeah. and flippers. It's worse. There's something alive in here. That's your imagination. <laughs> this also the Dianoga, and they made it. This is the one thing they actually made scarier. In the special edition, it's, actually, there is a bit of. Um, it's poetry at rhymes involving Jen in this, in that when you played that Dark Forces video game, the Dianoga had this whole body that you didn't know about. And in that Force Awakens, Forces of Destiny, the, the little nightworm thing you find out, he's like, that's just the top. That's the top, yeah. Which I always thought that was a cool little, like, oh, just like that was a, like a similar little surprise. Yeah, that was oh, good. I'm gonna I'm gonna be back in two seconds. I'm gonna start getting uh, them set up for the next prequel panel. But give me oh you guys are good. Oh they got it. All right, never mind. I'm already here, so that worked out. Cruise on top of it. Oh yeah, I think you are actually gonna have to dial into the other computer. I probably will. They'll give me a minute to have a break. So for the fortieth, uh, the artist Jock. You know Jock. Uh, he does a lot of comic book art. He did a really great print, it's in my nerd lair, of this scene. Uh, when you have a chance, look it up. It's gorgeous. and it's, uh, It says a long time ago, Galaxy Far, Far Away, and it's this impressionistic uh, uh, drawing of this scene. It's fantastic. What happened? What happened? I don't know. Let go of me, disappeared. Did, I mean, I do, you just think, let me go. Do you think they just thought he was dead? Like, did they just give up on him? What was that? They have a good run. <laughs> oh, love, that music. I love the head cannon of, like, the Dianoga. No, knew what that sound meant. Yes, it, it did. I don't, think that's, I don't think that's head cannon. I've always thought that that's why it took off. Yeah. It knows, it, like, this is routine. Yeah. Yeah. Because he says, I don't know, it just let me go. I And there's when that I was, beam that's in the Mandalorian. It's like a, a really popular shape of metal. <laughs> I always thought, you know how Marvel Comics does like their what ifs? Yeah. What if Spider-Man and Wolverine, whatever. I always thought it would be fun to do a Star Wars what if. And like, in it, like as like a little kid, I was like, Head what bump. if? Head bump. Yes. <laughs> what if, uh, oh my comes. God. So. Yes. 
You know uh, that... I, I think Todd's like about five seconds behind my screen. Oh, am I? Yeah. <laughs> you know that the guy who uh, bumps his head had a like a feature-length documentary done about him? No, but there's uh, debate we... about who it is. Everyone's like, um, like, I'm the head bumping strawberry. No, no, that was me. But he, so we had him on earlier. He talked ah. to uh, Greg Grunberg. Grunberg, yeah. And they, th he played a clip of the documentary and he, he, it's like a 48 hours investigation. Like he, it is, it is so serious that you don't know if he's serious or like mocking it or insane. Like it's phenomenal. I tried to, I tried to resync up what's happening right now for you guys. Uh, Han's got the beam. Now yeah, it's just pushing. Yeah, climbing. Oh, I, then I'm probably a little too. I tried to jump he's, ahead he's too far. Doing that. Well, yeah. I've got R2 already plugging in. C3PO's yeah, here. Yeah, C3PO. R2's C3PO. plugging in now. On okay, I'm slightly behind you. Uh, ahead of you. I'm slightly ahead of you. Epic for sure. But by like two seconds, not even. Okay. How's that how the little button to show that he's uploading, just this cube comes out as like a, a download <laughs> um, signal? So if there was, uh, this is a, a, a fun little thing. In um, Attack of the Clones, when uh, Jango Fett is getting on the ship, he also bumps his head. Mm -hmm. Which is weird. Was that still a clone? Is that a leftover clone? That's a, it's an old one. That's why he's ah. banging his head, I imagine. They just have terrible depth perception. Imagine if that was your family trait. Like you just kept ramming <laughs> stuff. You, um, if you ever go on the TMZ tour in LA, they show Kanye doing that and they go past where he is walking along in front of all this paparazzi and he hits his head on a low-hanging sign and they go past the sign. It's, it's a great bit of tourism. <laughs> where do you live still? In LA. Okay. Yeah, originally in Melbourne in Australia, but um, now I'm uh, sweating it off with, uh, with everyone else. You're yeah. a local man, yeah. yeah. What part of LA? Um, just near Fairfax High. Perfect. Oh. I always remember when I was a kid and I used to watch the movie, and then when I got older, I always thought this scene was drawn out more. Like I Them thought, I always thought, no, uh, like C3PO chastising himself. I always felt like it was like way more drawn out. And then I rewatched it and I was like, oh, it's not that drawn out. Oh, I lost my light. Dude, I I, if I, I worked on the Death Star, I would not be volunteering to check the tractor beam levels. That is. Get some guardrails, people. This, um, this deactivating the tractor beam here is hands down one of my favorite um, sound effects in Star Wars. So good. The other one is this sound that a speeder bike makes when it banks. The oh. Mine is, uh, I love the uh, the pod racer. The... Oh, yeah, Sebulba's pod. Come here, you big coward. I love that moment. I don't know who you are. What about you, Jen? What's your favorite noise? I was going to say. You know, Hamill insisted on his hair being wet. Sorry. Did he really? Yeah, and then and then he's like, shouldn't all our hair be wet? And that's when Harrison Ford goes, not that kind of picture, kid. <laughs> Sorry, Jed. No, that's no, okay. I just remember the documentary of the um, 
I, you know, when they were doing the sound effects back when I think, or either that, yeah, no, it was, and it was that it was the banging on the fence sound. The oh yeah, the the, the, the tension wires. Uh huh. So when I was uh, working on a project, we went to uh, sit down with Ben Burt and Matt Wood at Skywalker Sound, and uh, a couple things. Ben Burt walked over to a a, a keyboard and he turned it on. And he goes, here's R2. And he just starts hitting the keyboard for a lot of the different bloop bleeps. Then he goes into a cabinet and he opens it up and he takes out the respirator, the scuba respirator that's the click of Vader's. And so he shows that to me. And then he takes out his original copy of the script that Lucas gave him to point out what are potential sound cues. And I'm just... So when Todd was busy living your childhood fantasy, <laughs> oh my God. the um, going back a little bit, uh, the two stormtroopers were like, you know, did you hear about the VT sixteen? That's quite a. Quite I, a to see. I love in Force Awakens. Uh, that's David Collins and Sam Witwer are yeah. those two stormtroopers talking about the VT thirty two. So good. Ben also, if I remember, I think, didn't Ben do Star Forces of Destiny? I think, we should I, think he's a, uh, I don't know. I think he did. Well, I, I, my, my guess is if he designed any of the sound effects that were used in it. And I think that's what it He was. would still yeah. get credit. Which is really cool. It's great. Oh, oh man. That's so pretty. This, um... This scene was the scene that cemented for me that the one thing I needed to survive is a grappling hook. <laughs> well, this is the Errol, the Errol Flynn of it all. Yeah. I would love to see how badly the Stormtroopers would lose it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're I also like... love that they added her echo of her voice. Well, that was the Wilhelm. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah. When was the Wilhelm first used? Was it this? It might have been in this movie. Yeah. Could have been. It's a Ben Burt kind of callback. It's also, you know, uh, I, I talked with Leonard Maltin earlier about kind of the uh, the idea that uh, anytime a big movie comes out, is this the next Star Wars, and how there'll never be a next Star Wars, and. It's amazing, even the little things that came from this, like the Wilhelm scream or 1138 pervading every number that's used in cinema now. Um, and that all, I mean, Wilhelm was all Ben, but uh, 1138 is like George's address or something. You know, it's oh, insane. And this is where he just turns the, the uh, okay. I just, I'm a little, uh, yeah, I think I just got off a little bit because I um, I said something that my iPad thought was uh, the uh, voice of the voice. So the blast system. doors just closed. That's what happened for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My Han just jumped through. Okay. And I, this is where he turns the, the reflector tape. So oh, it looks yeah. like it's rising out, but yes. it's not. So genius. Oh, this is so yeah. Have you guys seen the fan film where they recut this and it's insane? 
I yeah, but but go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I say I have. I love it. I never want them to do anything like that to this. But to I see, agree. To see their creativity in like a modern version was well. The, the the tribute to old masters fighting that they did in Rebels with Maul and Obi Wan of like guys that are that good don't need to be flipping around. Mm-hmm. It's a much simpler. Less expensive energy Throw, fight. Throwing a bit of shade to Yoda there, huh? huh? A bit. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was the. I feel like the one person on Earth, in at least in my circles, who was just like, man, I, I loved the like Star Wars Legends stuff, where it's like, Jedi Masters don't use lightsabers because they don't need to. The same way Obi Wan Kenobi finds blasters when he's civilized. <laughs> I'd like to see Yoda just sort of sit back and control the saber mm-hmm. with his mind while he's like nibbling on his Geimer stick. Then <laughs> <laughs> it's all friends. There's, um, gosh, I bet they cleaned it up. There was the one shot in this scene where he like gets the angle wrong to the camera and you can kind of see the sparkly paper whatever on the lightsaber and i always thought that was cool i was like oh my god that's what that is the key to building a real life lightsaber we missed missed one of my favorite jokes which was uh when when she goes you came here on that thing you're braver than i thought right like every time somebody looks at the falcon they just (laughs) poor falcon man it just gets Oh, man. And saves their bacon every time. Yep. Is there another ship in, or I guess another vehicle in uh, movies? The Enterprise. That, Which that one? Is, well, I mean, like, I would say, like, the original Enterprise, the iconic one, yeah. was emblazoned on people's minds. But is it, I guess... Millennium Falcon is a character. It's, it's like, is there another vehicle that's a char- like Kit from oh, Knight oh, Rider? But that's oh, not no, even when close. You see, when you see the when you see the uh, Enterprise blow up in one of the Trek films, it's heart wrenching. It's gonna be real short trip. I always thought that reverse happened. Oh, I know. He's backing it out of the drive. <laughs> And he does what I do, which is I don't look behind me when I back up. No, he doesn't need to. <laughs> well, he's got the screen that has a reverse camera. I uh, One of my cars has the, like, sonar that beeps, and then my other car does <laughs> not. And I always am worried I'm going to back up into something. This scene, she's comforting him. Yeah. Uh, I really miss the guy <laughs> I, I met two days ago. She's like, yeah, my whole planet blew up. And my dad yeah, I feel bad. <laughs> feel real bad for you for the guy that you met two days ago she's so em- em- empathetic Empathic. it might even have been two days like this this all seems like the same day depending on how long it took to go to alderaan my, my least favorite thing about star wars is tr- thinking about how long things took I, I just, well you I, know we were having a conversation with uh, pablo and, and he goes yeah ships travel at the speed of plot yeah <laughs> <laughs> how far is a plot how many parsecs is a plot it's like in the new films, whenever they mention like hours and stuff, it's like, oh, it's 
Yeah. And that we have to refuel. Like, really? I don't mind fuel, but time is like... It's like, you know, it makes it like an episode of 24 or something. <laughs> it's also like, what's time? Like, our time is because... Like, is it all based on Coruscant's pattern, you know? Like, when time time's relative, so like... Tatooine people have 45 seconds. Is there a different gravity in the bottom gunner so that all the blood isn't rushing to Luke's face? That's a good question. Because he's, he's facing down. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Also, like, in the quiet time after they go to the make the jump to light speed, Luke has... Uh, he can bullseye Wamparats in his T-16, but these are sophisticated guns. Do you think he's like, like, like it's a video game for him? Like, huh, can we go out and shoot asteroids sometimes? I feel like there's more force going on here for him mm. than is seen, but that's my head count. Great kid, don't get cocky. Talk about scenes in the middle. I think it was it was it Force Awakens when before they go to Maz Kanata's, I did it. I did a short where the alluvial, dam- where, yeah. Alluvial dampers don't work. Yeah. And well, Luke is like, I've killed so many people today. <laughs> I was a moisture farmer, and now I've just murdered so many people. Those womp rats came in handy. Let me tell you. <laughs> She hugs Chewie. That's so great. Sweaty. We did it! Huzzah! I always picture the, the storyboard drawing of her hugging Chewie. Are they away? They have just made the jump into hyperspace. I'm sure the homing beacon is to go aboard their ship. Taking an That's pretty. <laughs> this had better work. This is also is great. Coming up. Where Han's like, there's no homing beacon on this ship. How? What makes you so sure? It was sitting in their garage for quite a while. It was too easy. They're tracking us. No. Information R two is going back. What's so important? What's he carrying? Technical readout of battle station. I only hope that when the data is analyzed, a weakness can be found. Not over yet. It is for me. keeps calling her sister. I know. Sweetheart, sister. It's like a 30 screwball comedy. I'm um, doing a Lost rewatch at the moment while we're stuck at home, and he's just like Sawyer owes so much to Han Solo. Yes. Absolutely. And also, like, so charismatic that when Sawyer's like teaming up with everyone to do what's right, you're like, yes, he's with us now. It's like. Like, you know, when Han sort of sees the light and comes back, it's just like, like the cool guy in town, like, he's got my back. It's, <laughs> it's so cool. Still, Good. Sure. Competitive. Oh, this is great. I love this. <laughs> Little does he know yet. Little does he know. You think we could give birth to the most evil thing in the galaxy again? (laughs) 
it really is like miraculous how well this movie worked. Like by all rights, this should not right. This should not exist in this way. This should <laughs> this should have been like a kind of like fun movie that like you know, like more like Evil Dead, you know, like this it's just too Fuck Rogers. Yeah, it, yeah, it's like too, the Flash Gordon too good. Movie or... But he, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's that grounding things enough in the familiar, so that things didn't look spacey. They looked like he borrowed shapes and lines and the quarries lines, borrowed from so many things that were were comfortable looking at that it never looked otherworldly. So like you'll see a crazy alien, but he's in like a an astronaut suit, and I think it it, it lent itself to us relating to it and feeling. Uh, a sense of uh, in good hands. I know. I also know that I don't know. John Williams, I think, d- made a difference. Yeah, this is a three-hander. Oh, yeah. It's Williams, Mac- uh, Williams, Macquarie, and Lucas. Right. Like that trinity of of artists. Uh, and Joseph Campbell's influence on the story. Hundred percent. So that combo. These haircuts. A small one-man fighter. And that's Ewan McGregor's uh, uncle that, sitting next to Luke. That Dennis Lawson is that, but the character of Wedge, like another guy is Wedge in this scene or like because of the novel or something. I don't know. It's... Oh, Dennis Lawson is Ewan McGregor's yeah, uncle? Yeah. Oh, okay. But the Dennis guy La- that talks was like said Wedge's line, or so, there's some weird thing that in the novel it was confusing or something. Okay. Google fake Wedge. Go down that wormhole. And also because we talked about it earlier, Google the theatrical uh, version of Lafty Neck, the mo- the version that's in the movie versus the m- version yeah. that's on the side. Oh, it's just nonsense. Wild. So I have a question for you guys. The fact that they retconned all of this and made this uh, made this all intentionally built in by Galen Urso, how does that sit with you guys? Once again, the whole small, the universe is really small. But then again, I was I was prone to that when I was doing Forces of Destiny. I wanted to make things so tiny, and I remember they're like, "Well, that's a little creepy." If she knew that, he knew, and so I. When you're when you're in it, you tend to want to connect the things. I'm just saying, because I've been there. But then being you know being out of it, you shouldn't connect it that. Deep. I, mean, I love I love the idea of one of of the the crack team looking for the Death Star plans, but the fact that the chink in the armor was intentional as opposed to deduced by the rebels, they found a yeah. chink in the armor. Right. I, I prefer that. I, per, I I see it both ways. Like, there's something awesome about a a man put in a position, you know, a rock in a hard place who dedicates his life to uh, giving the, the heroes the one chance. I think there's something really cool about that. But there's also, I mean... The convenience can go either way. It could be convenient yeah. that we happen to do that. It could be convenient that they happen to find it. No, I like that. I mean, like the dragon missing a scale. I think that's that's that is maximizing a a, 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 a tiny deficit. If the deficit, that'd be like the dragon intentionally pulling its own scale up. That's what I didn't necessarily mm-hmm. did. I like the fact that they found the one weakness 
that this the hubris of the empire didn't know was there because they just didn't pay attention and then these guys exploited it as opposed to a guy intentionally building it into it. I will say this is if I didn't like Rogue One, I'd hate it. But yes. because it resulted in a film that I loved and Krennic and, and all that stuff. No, I, I like Rogue One. Yeah, because it's because it's like a change where it's like it led to this really cool thing. I'm like, What's wrong? why am I even going to debate it sort of thing? Like, I didn't, like, when Darth Maul came back, I didn't like it in the cartoon, but then it led to these awesome, you know, extra stories. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, oh, well, that's like, you win this round, Star Wars canon. <laughs> yeah. I'm this, I was the same way with Darth Maul. I was like, don't bring him back. And then... But I'm Spider like, Maul. I, yeah. have this, I have the sideshow Spider Maul, or the, the gentle giant. Well, but just, I, I love Sam Witwer always getting work. So. Oh, Witwer's great. I, can, I cannot begrudge. Oh, there it is. Oh. Yes. Teddy Bear. <laughs> and uh, Todd... Oh, man. Todd, Sam, and I are all from the same... Uh, we all hail from the same oh. parts, from the, the same origins. Midwest what do you think? Boys. This uh, this edition, yes. Oh, this wasn't in the original. No. Love that. I love it. I and love actually, it. if you see the uh, the the extended cut of that scene, yeah. uh, Garvin Dryce, who's uh, Red Leader, talks about flying with his father, mm. and they snipped it. It's been so long. I just I don't remember now. Like that, that, that wasn't in there originally. I forgot. I think because maybe the footage was not touched, mm-hmm. meaning that they just put it in as opposed to there's some flying weird thing that's a special effect. You're like, oh, that's a new scene. But that was, was that just extra footage? When did I, they re include that scene with, uh, special with Biggs? Okay, so 97? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I have those on VHS. Jesus, they're still sealed. Yeah. Yeah. And you know they they didn't put back in that Toshi Station stuff that sort of got taken out with mm-hmm. that big scene. But putting like that's fascinating to watch, but it ruins the like the amazing yes. pacing. Of Agreed. The film. Yes. Agreed. So here's my Kenner. Ah. Oh. Got that guy right there. So good. It's pretty. Good design. Oh, I'll, I'll show you guys something that I've got then. That you're Please. So, as I was saying, my fa- like the thing I want to ask George Lucas the most about is the rock in front of R2-D2, where he got the idea for it. <laughs> so, when I went out to Death Valley, where that scene takes place, I got a rock, which I display in front of my Kenneth R2-D2 <laughs> as a tribute <laughs> to my, my most puzzling thing. So, uh, there you go. I'm, I'm not afraid to steal bits of national parks. Allegedly. You're, well, you're supposed to take only pictures and leave only footprints. When they had the trailer for the special edition and they showed all those X-Wings go around. Oh, yeah. I, like, in the cinema, just started bawling uncontrollably. And that was when I was like, oh, I like these films in... Very deep way. Yeah, it's profound. Well, it's you know it's something that I don't think I even really realized until I opened the bar. But um, the movies aren't uh, 
they exist more than movies, not because of what exists on the screen, but because of what we all build with each other uh, because of the shared love for it. Right? Uh, Carrie Fisher says Star Wars is a verb. He says family Star Wars together. And that's what we all do. Right. Hence why we're all here right now doing this. What I think, why I think The New Hope is my favorite film is after the throne room scene, I don't need more story. Mm-hmm. Like, it's done. It's good. It's done. There's a, I think there's something really amazing about, and, and look, I love these, like, 10-season, in-depth television shows that just explore characters so well. But I think there's something amazing and incredibly artistic about economy of time, right? You have to make me fall in love, get heartbroken, whatever it is, and and you have 120 minutes to do it or you fail. Like, there's no reading Twitter about how people feel and manipulate. It's like, you get one shot at this. Kind of like blowing up the Death Star. So true. So true. It's a one in a million shot. I always toggle between Jedi, uh, Return of the Jedi, and because I think it's because of Luke. I'm a Luke person, so who Luke becomes in Jedi is just so amazing to me. When Jedi came out, I was already like dating, so I like it didn't have as big of an effect on me as 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 when I saw A New Hope. Sure, it's the growth I think for me. I love that. The, the scene, you know, we talked about the R2-D2 hologram scene from Last Jedi earlier. I think the best scene in the movie is Luke vs. Vader in, in Return of the Jedi, I think. You know, that's a five-minute scene that basically is what Star Wars is. So just, it's, you know, there, it's just not wasted. It's just that, here's the point of this. Here's why you've watched, watched six hours of this right here. It, for those of you at home worried, um, Porkins goes on to get a great job with the government hiding, <laughs> um, hiding ancient artifacts. And then he becomes a cop in Gotham City. So, you know, he's okay, guys. He's okay. He had a good run. Yeah. Until he meets Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Oh, just the just the audio treatments to all of the uh, all of the the, the calls. I always love There's Wedge. Uh, there he is. His moment in Rise of Skywalker, I wept. There was a Wedge story I wanted to do, and we never got to do it. It would have been really fun. I would have loved that. Yo, he's Snap Wexley's stepfather. In canon. In canon. Yeah, so he's married to uh, to Snap's mother. This, in, this dude that rides along without his like chin cap on, I know, I, always I know, he, fascinated me. Do you remember the simplicity of just loving the trench run for the it, for the uh, for the ride at Disneyland? Uh, Disneyland, where oh, yeah. I get a little, I get a little pukey. Oh, did you? Uh, on Star Tours, I get a little like. Yeah, but no, I mean, I mean the one from like the '90s, like I mean the original Star Wars. 
or 2000. When did when did the first Star Tours come out? Like 80s. I, I get a little. They, they yeah. make me a little pukey. Star Tours makes me. It's the disconnect between. Okay. Like them jostling you and you being like, I'm not really moving. Yeah, I got a little pukey uh, to be honest uh, on uh, the Falcon. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's again. It's that disconnect of my body's moving this way, but it's not really moving to what the screen is showing me. Right. There's a little inner ear thing that happens. I'll take space, uh, hyperspace mountain though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just jostles me way too much. Stay on target. That's one of the most tattooed phrases. The, like the, red thing, the red thing you're saying about the like the joint experience is. In the like 80s and 90s before we had the internet, we were all at home with whoever we watched it for going, stay on target. Like, and we all did this. this and so when we meet, it's like, I used to do this. Oh, so did I. Like, uh-huh. it's, it's really funny. Shared rituals. Yeah. It's like if you, going back to Joseph Campbell, if you examine religions that were geographically separated, the origins of a lot of religions have the exact same, a, a lot of the same tropes. It's almost like us with Star Wars. We were disconnected by space and time, but when we come together, we're all like, we all are the same. Same language. Yeah. Hey, is uh, is celebration canceled? I think it's. I I don't think. I mean, they canceled Comic Con. I don't think you can run celebration. It's supposed to be August, right? Yeah. Really? Oh. What do you mean? Like they just announced it, or you just asked? No, I'm, 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 I'm conjecturing. Oh, okay, yeah. I would honestly, I'd rather uh, delay it and do it safer with better panels and guests than try to force something in. And, and also, so people have a chance it. to afford to go. Mm-hmm. Like if they, you know, had a hard couple of months. If you guys want a good cry, watch the, the little montage they put on StarWars.com for May the 4th be with you. I saw, yeah, I didn't, well, I saw your post and then I didn't press it because I knew I was going to ball. So I have it's, it's, it's so good. Okay, which is why I didn't watch it. Uh, I, uh, it's funny too because you know Biggs is Luke's friend coming up, but, uh, I don't. Uh, did you guys feel it when he when he sacrifices himself for Luke? Uh, I, they didn't build him up enough. I don't think. Back then, no. Yeah. Do you feel it now, though? Now that you've got four yeah. years of building up who Biggs and Tank are and how unfair it is. So good. Every time I see that shot, I think of the ILM book, the big. They have more where they are the best. Big hardcover. You guys seen the, oh, the yeah. book, the, the, the box of frames? Uh, the, the oh, Android yeah. And they, they make the deluxe one someday when I'm a wealthy person that's got the uh, embossed wooden Yoda and Vader that holds them and the wooden. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's, um, they have those. Uh, I, I saw it once at Skywalker Ranch in the yeah, library. It's in the library, yeah. Yeah. But you can purchase it for a, 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 a tiny five thousand dollars. <laughs> that's, that's a bargain. Bargain. 
It's printed on $100 bills, though. That's that's how they justify that the, price. But the two biggest Star Wars collectibles that I have is I have a Revenge of the Sith, or Revenge of the Jedi poster, Revenge of the Jedi, without the dates. And then I have the original pencil sketch of Star Wars Marvel number two cover. Oh, wow. Yeah. So those are my... Those are my well, you might have the original pencil sketch, but I have the original pencil case. Okay. Yes. That That's is cool. why. That is why Steel Saunders and I are friends. I have a tragic story. I saw that at the pharmacy by my house growing up in like 1990, when there was no Star Wars stuff. My friend and I was like, oh my gosh, there's this Return of the Jedi thing. We're, we're both obsessed with Star Wars. We bought it, whatever we could. And he, we walk up there and he, he yanked it from me. Like it was like, I thought it was like a dollar and it was like a buck 50. And he had a buck 50 and I only had like 90 cents. And he, he still has it. Oh my God, it was like, um, like early eBay sniping. Yeah, I mean... That shot of Leia when she steps into frame like that, uh, JJ does a lot of that. Yeah. Where he'll sh he'll show a background with nobody in it and then have somebody swing into it. Which uh, my guess is it, he's just sort of it's in his blood now from growing up watching Spielberg and Lucas. Right. That kind of framing. But screw these trackers. Where's that dang blast shield when you need it? Oh, so here's an interesting thing, and this is obviously what they did, but this is one of those movies where he's given a lightsaber in Act 1, he trains with it in Act 2, and then he never uses it again. That's a good point. But Isn't he, uses, more, it's he a more, uses the lesson of yeah, it. Yeah, it's a more metaphorical token, right? But you know, like, studio notes today would go, well, you showed it twice, it has to save the day. You're right, they would have pushed that. Absolutely. You need to see the weapon the third time. Yeah. Yeah. What is that rule of story? To, if you show a gun in the first act, it's, it's the Chekhov's Chekhov's yeah, rifle. Yeah. yeah. Luke needs to put it in this little container, and it shoots out through the thing, and it goes into the exhaust port, and he uses the force to ignite it. <laughs> this is my favorite moment of the film. What? Yes. What? <laughs> yes. He was good. Look at her smiles. I just looked up and all you have... Because <laughs> it never goes away, does it? It's so good. <laughs> what? Just twelve all over again when it happens. And this cute music is amazing. Oh, so pretty. Still good. Still good. Remember, Still good. the force will be with you always. Ugh. Great sound. <laughs> the two video games I played in the '90s were X-Wing and and uh, Tie Fighter. Oh, I loved those games. Yeah. The, um, the the one up uh, arcade. Oh, sells, sells the standee cabinet yeah. of the, of the all three. Come to the nerd lab, Jen. What? I but I I've been. I don't remember where is it. Uh, I don't know if I had it at the time, but it's oh, okay, a, maybe that's why. Okay, it's, it's over there in the corner. 
I feel like I would have remembered that. Oh, no, I don't remember that. Yeah, it looks like the old arcade cabinets. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, damn. Yeah. It's, it's got Star Wars Empire and Jedi kind of all inside of its circuitry. Okay, next time I'm at the lair, yeah. that's happening. Yeah. Now, have you guys watched this ceremony scene? Yes. And they take the music out? It is. I had to turn it off because I was like, this is going to ruin it. It's so creepy. <laughs> They're all like looking at each other and smiling. And Chewie and going, without the, <laughs> without the music, it's just like, oh. Well, they also <laughs> added in all the lip smacks. That's yeah. not from oh, the actual okay. truck. Like somebody altered it. That's why Chewie just screams. <laughs> some, some of my favorite Twitter gifts occur in this scene. This music, though, it punches me in the feely place. Yeah. I. I love that necklace. Oh right. <laughs> not not to dwell on new films so much, but I always thought the last film should have ended with something like this where everyone's together and happy mm -hmm. and it's our final shot is happy like that's like yep like this scene is like ah oh, delicious so good well it's polished a, up freepio and that jacket that skywalker i know <laughs> that was so nice in the comics where they had him on adventures dressed like that i'm also obsessed with the 70s so this just fulfills all the buckets it does yeah Oh, R2 looks great. You know, that's the same jacket they use, I think, on Hoth for the uh, the Snowspeeder pilots. Really? Oh! Yeah, I think they just, I think it's just orange. I think it is a bit, it's the I same model it. jacket. Yeah. With oh, and Chewie doesn't get a medal till everybody's dead. <laughs> Yay! All right. That's pretty good, guys. There we have it. Star Wars A New Hope. Uh, thank you, guys. We're not going to watch the credits because we have uh, Ahmed Best, Kyle Newman, Claire Grant, Jen Murrow, uh, and uh, some other surprises. Sam Witt, we're waiting to uh, talk about how awesome the Star Wars prequels are with you guys. Uh, so any last words, Todd Steele? Thank you so much again. I never tire of uh, watching this movie, and I never tire of watching it with people who love it the way I do. So thanks for uh, including me in this. May the force be with you. Yes, similarly, thanks for including us. Um, it was yeah, this was the perfect thing to do. Like just back to basics, uh, fanning out. So uh, yeah, I just hope everyone enjoys May the Fourth and let Star Wars make them happy. It's good. Thank you guys so much for hey, joining hi us. To all the people you're about to hang with. Oh, yeah. I give, never would have ever dreamed love. I'd get bumped by Ahmed Best for something. So this, <laughs> is, this is really sick. And um, you all and have a standing invitation to the Nerd Lair. So fine. come on down. Amazing. Well, yeah. I, I, I will hit you up about that. And Jen, you'll get your final word uh, on this next panel. I will. So, and I'll jump on the other one, I guess. So, oh, I miss uh, you, Jen. Oh, I miss you. Thank you guys all so much. Um, we're going to flip over and hand over to uh, Kyle and Ahmed. And I shall go. Thanks, you guys. Peace. Alrighty, That is it for the commentary. Again, thanks to JC and Jen for uh, putting all this on. And another thanks to JC and Jen 
and Todd for um, just giving me a great couple of hours on May the 4th. I had a, um, had a lot of fun. That is, that is quite a film. That is quite a film. If you're new to the podcast, uh, please give us a subscribe on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts from. If you're on iTunes, give us a sweet five-star review. It bumps us up the rankings and lets other potential listeners know we're doing a cool thing. Uh, we also just had our Clone Wars finale episode up with Corey Van Dyke, who is infamously one of the biggest Clone Wars fans of all time. It's not a competition, but if it was, he'd be entering. (laughs) And uh, it's just chock full of of Star Wars joy. He is just so pumped. We've got uh, another Page Wars coming up with King Tom Chansky going through the details of another new release Star Wars book. I won't spoil it for you. But uh, we'll be recording that tonight on the Patreon feed. And there is just a slew of classic episodes up there for listen to. Some of them are only available in part on the main feed or available in full on our Patreon, which just for $3 for the month, you will get access to over 600 Back episodes, bonus episodes, full-length interviews, audio commentaries, comedy festival live shows, and so much more. That is patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. I do weekly Q&As where you guys can set the topics, ask the questions, and uh, just pump out content. And that is so appreciated. And if you are new to the podcast and uh, want a couple of episodes to check out, people normally love my in-depth hour-long interview with director Krennic, Ben Mendelsohn himself. As far as I know, the only Star Wars podcast he has ever done. And uh, if you're a Luke Skywalker fan, you're a Mark Hamill fan, check out my um, interview, or more of just a chat, with uh, Nathan Hamill, son of Mark, about growing up a Skywalker. There, there, there are always some um, good ones to start with. But thank you guys so much, and may that force be with you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.